0: Hey, nerdlings, welcome back to Comics and Cosmetics. I'm your host, Danny Sonsasi, licensed cosmetologist and registered super nerd, and we have another really exciting interview for you today. But before we go any further, make sure you smash that like button, torpedo that subscribe, and transport that notification bell to wherever you would transport a notification bell. I don't even know why I said that. But make sure you hit that bell so you get notifications whenever I'm back with another one of these awesome videos. Until then, let's get to the interview. Be vigilant day and night. Welcome back to another episode of Comics and Cosmetics. This time, I am very excited with the guest we have today. Ladies and gentlemen, nerds everywhere, I give you Mr. Dave Blass, the production designer of Star Trek Picard Season 3.
1: Yay! Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for coming on. I mean, you're kind of a rock star right
1: now in my opinion i mean i i I, and it's gonna if that cost me five bucks to tell you to say that then it's worth it uh but no you know the season uh the fans seem to like what we did which is always a good thing uh you know it's it's uh season three was an amazing run and we got to do a lot of fun things and uh yeah so it's been it's been good times
0: i cannot thank the entire cast and crew of Picard season three enough because I mean let's let's be real Star Trek was waning it was struggling and uh the fans were I mean Strange New Worlds is great I I love Strange New Worlds but we we just seemed to kind of be rehashing things and uh we, we were losing the the new stuff of substance that really sucked in the Trekkies you know and episode one of season three the next generation just mm-hmm. hits you in the face. Like, yeah. How do you like that? How's that for star Trek? And it was just, mm-hmm. it was just stunning. Your work on this season is just stunning. It not only, you know, gave new breath and life and made it feel like our star Trek from the eighties had actually moved mm-hmm. forward into the future, but it was just nostalgic enough. It had just enough of the, oh, what was the space crate, you called it? The, yeah. Yeah, you, had, you, you still had that. You had the right lines. I mean, I would see things and shoot you a message like, what was that? Mm-hmm. I know what that is. <laughs> it was just yeah, bravo.
1: Well, it, you know, again, we... It, not to i i think that the other shows like discovery get a little bit of a bad rap because the, you know they started out on a mission to do something completely different yeah and they're like okay we're gonna do star trek but like a different take on it kind of a reboot and they went into it like oh we're gonna do something completely different and then they just got slapped in the face by the audience like no that was a bad decision And then they go into season two and they're trying to, and it's like, okay, well, they're not, it's kind of feeding off the audience. I mean, I think that one of the challenges that uh, the old Star Trek had was you got 22 episodes in a season Mm -hmm. to work out your kinks and figure out how, what you're doing and get everyone on the same page and what works and what doesn't work. And Mm -hmm. then you go into the next season and you get another 22 episodes to figure it all out and to get everyone on board. and the writers and this and you, and if you have a bad episode it gets buried in the 22 episode but then when you go to 10 episodes it's a lot harder to to yeah. do that and to really get, and then you then when you get the audience feedback you're like oh they like this they didn't like this uh let's re, let's tweak that and then they they make adjustments it's not as big of a thing but you, you know when you're just doing two uh, you know 10 episodes uh it's a lot harder so i think that you know strange new worlds and discovery both are, are doing amazing work uh and you know we ha- as Picard, had the luxury of we were actually continuing the journey that they started in the next generation so yeah. i mean i could have come in and, and really screwed it up and said we're gonna make it look totally different and you know you know that looks so dated and i'm like no let's just make it look like that and you know but and it wasn't easy because people didn't under necessarily understand what we were going for they're like Okay, this kind of looks cheesy. Nineteen nineties. I'm like, no, it's cheesy. Twenty four hundred, which is the you know the year that we're going for, and it's like this is what space looks like, and in, and in, in, matter of fact, Star Trek space, uh, because it's just getting people to understand the difference between Star Wars, Star Trek, generic science fiction, what a ship should look like, and and whatnot. It's it's a it's a bit of a learning curve.
0: Absolutely, and and another. Big difference uh, that you have these days, as opposed to when we were kids and Star Trek was on air, was they were more episodic. There wasn't a, a real defined overarching plot throughout the whole season. Star Trek has always been known for its standalone episodes. But these days, people expect that long, you know, connected arc throughout the season so they really benefited from those standalone episodes. Like, OK, well, I've got this idea. Let's throw that out there and see how that plays. Yeah. And as the seasons were between 22 and 26 episodes, I mean, you could be in the middle of still producing that season and say, well, that didn't play. So change this here.
1: But Exactly, yeah.
0: So when you got the call that you were going to be production designer on Star Trek, Hard, season three. First of all, did your head go like this? <clears throat> and second, like, what was what was your initial like? What was the inspiration you drew from to give us this more uh, streamlined, sleek version of our Star Trek: The Next Generation, but in the future?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, bonus, uh, I got called and they said we want you to design seasons two and three. And we're shooting them back-to-back at the same time. So you really are going to be doing 20 episodes of Star Trek. Really? Uh, yeah. So that's how that went. So, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, even though we've said it a number of times, it's like we finished see- shooting season two on a Friday, started season three on a, mon- on a Monday. So there was no, like, because normally you take a little six-month break between seasons or whatever. We were just, we rolled right. into the next one, which meant, you know, as i'm sitting here trying to figure out uh soong and the spaceship launching and there's borg running around in picard's solarium and all that crazy stuff we're also designing uh transporter rooms for season three so we were doing basically for the last half of season two we were doing season three as well so it was all one on top of uh, another so it was it was very exciting but it's like the season two in a lot of ways, it was kind of a primer because we built the uh, the bridge, which we it was a Stargazer. We turned it into the Titan, uh, but most of season two was running around Los Angeles, mm-hmm. so it wasn't a ton of sci fi stuff. So we had a little bit of sci fi stuff, and then we had, but we were getting up to speed, which was, you know, it would have been better had it all been sci fi, because then it would have been easier doing it to shoot during a pandemic. But we had scenes with you know 200 extras at disney concert hall and uh there was a lot of uh, big craziness in season two oh, yes. uh, so, so in a lot of ways season three was would have been easier to do because there were less locations and, and everything but uh it was uh but yeah so it, but my initial thing was we're not cr- doing something completely new it's like my, my inspiration was to look at star trek the next generation and say okay this is what they did, this is why they did what they did. And and here is a, you know, look at a starship like a building. Uh it's like this is how this is what an elevator looks like. What did an elevator look like 20 years ago? That's how much evolution our turbo lift should have. It shouldn't look completely different. It shouldn't go in a, you know, and I think one of the one of our key inspirations was the uh the transporter room. And we looked at that from a uh, just not so much a design idea but the idea that uh in the star trek movies uh like final frontier and and whatnot it's the same exact transporter room that is used on the next generation They used to just, just reused the set sitting exactly where it was the audience didn't care no one like went oh my god that's the worst thing in the world they're like they accepted because that's what a transporter room looks like you mm-hmm. said if the, if in a hundred years in in universe A transporter room isn't going to change its design. Why would it change dramatically in twenty years? So that was really what our what our approach was. It's like let's just not reinvent the wheel. Let's just bring it up to up to speed. Uh, So that was really our idea. And and Terry liked the idea of of going a little bit more retro. We were you know our kind of our design inspiration on that was the uh, the Dodge Challenger, which is they you know if you look at a Dodge Challenger now. And one from the 60s, it, it's the same, you get the same vibe for it, this one's just upgraded. Uh, it's newer, it's sleeker, it's, it's got, but it still has that same feeling, so that was our, our overall design goal.
0: My favorite car, and I would love to have one in Nardo Gray, mm-hmm. and now I'll think, I'll just get custom plates that say Titan on it. That seems you, to make sense to me. There you go. <laughs> uh, it was an incredibly genius move, it, and it is brilliant it's so simple it's brilliant because if you think about it their technology is so advanced it's it's almost the peak human technology so their technological age isn't going to be every couple of months like our ours Mm -hmm. is currently it's growing substantially every day but they have gotten to a point where i mean they can do virtually anything with technology. So of course it's not going to be having huge advancements every couple of months. It makes sense yeah. that certain things would remain the same design wise. That's mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. And it was a fantastic move. I mean, the transporter room is absolutely stunning. The, the ship itself just visually, visually stunning, but it doesn't take you out at all of that Star Trek universe. Um, I will say there are some things in Discovery that it just feels so outside of Star Trek to me. And mm-hmm. maybe it's my age. <laughs> maybe it's my age.
1: You know, but, everyone has different design aesthetics. It's like, you know, the much talked about carpet conversation. It's like, oh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, walking into it, you know, coming off of a lot of the, the people who had been had come off of Discovery, and they're like, no you know dark shiny floors where we can get reflections and you know this that's what they wanted so it wasn't there wasn't like a world in which i said but what about carpet it just wasn't going to go there and it's i'm like okay i i can i'm going to win some battles and lose some battles the carpet one what was was a loss from the jump so i'm like okay uh and and you know and that's the whole thing you know i pick a paint color how it's lit and everything it's like i everyone has their different design aesthetic and you know if you look at you know i'm more of a uh a, a tim burton batman type of person where i like the you know the bright you know i wanted to, my comic books to feel like a comic book but Absolutely. you know if you look at the the new uh batman the batman that just came out people are like oh my god look at the hell and i'm like it's dark it's thing and so you know it's like game of thrones there was episodes of game of thrones that people were like that's too dark and it's like we are in a world where people uh like people are cineophiles if that's the word uh who like they tweak their tv and they sit in the dark room they watch tv as if it's a cinema experience yeah and if you do that it's not as dark as everyone thinks but if you're sitting in a bright room and whatever it's gonna look so it's it's really it's really a a bit of a toss-up on things but uh you know i i i not really my my thing i i you know as you can see in in my my drawings and what's on the thing we put a ton of lights in there and how many they turn on and whatnot that's it's really but again that we wanted we were going for a cinematic feeling where it felt more like the uh a star trek movie and if you look at uh you know the enterprise uh e bridge compared to the d the e was monumentally darker uh Mm -hmm. even when they shot the the d bridge in uh uh, generations. It was darker, so uh, it, it's a it's a different feeling because again, uh, how you shoot and do everything for TV is, is different than you do it for a feature.
0: And I, I'm glad you said that you wanted it to kind of feel more cinematic. And man, you guys nailed it. There were a few times a couple Trekker friends of mine were talking, and I said, I think, and this is going to sound weird, but I think this is my favorite Star Trek movie. Because mm-hmm. it really felt that way. I mean, you guys nailed it. And yeah, well, and
1: that's the that's another thing that um, people like in in Hollywood. It's like no one wants to do a TV show, right? It's like everyone wants to be doing movies. So even if you're doing a TV show, everyone refer. It's like it's the movie. The movie ends here. The thing. It's like okay, it's a it's an episode of a TV show, but everyone wants You know, people. And that's why TV is really, really taken off. Is that we are, we have all these big filmmakers coming to TV because they want to tell longer stories. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be tied to a two-hour movie and and whatever. And it's like, no, I want ten hours. And 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 that's really uh, what Terry did with season three was the it's a, it's a ten-hour movie but broken up into really three different acts. If you take like the first, cup uh, first. Uh, three episodes and then then the last three episodes and everything it really tells a different story uh for each one and, and you hit different moments so
0: well it was beautifully done i mean all of you guys everyone cast crew i mean really just you can tell the passion that was put into this. You you can absolutely tell that every single person who worked on this was a fan of the franchise and felt passionately about it and really wanted to deliver a, a love letter oh, to yeah. other fans. It, it truly, truly is. I can't tell you how many times I got choked up watching it. Like the oh, first- I've
1: got I've got probably a hundred emails from fans who are like, "I'm sorry, I just had to write you a letter saying, you know, this brought me to tears," and and. And I think there, I think for me, it did something that was unexpected for people who didn't get what we were trying to do, uh, and and that was create a connection to the past, and not just our past and the characters' past, but the whole world as as a whole. Because so many people like this brought me back to watching, you know, Star Trek with my dad and my thing when this was our whole, and it's like that's what it was. It was a connection of us to our past yes, as much is. as it was a connection of Picard to his past and Riker to his past and all of these characters they're like going okay where where have we gone what have we done what is our adventure and what did it all mean and you know one by one each each uh bit is played out because it's Geordi and his daughters and and data and and it's like yeah each one and then each character has their own art so it's like it's pretty cool
0: It now I can 100% relate to that. Um, This is something I was discussing with another friend of mine who works in special effects that this kind of thing. How do I put this? When we were kids, it was the thing like at least once or twice a week after dinner, you went to the living room or the family room and you watched a show together as a family. Mm -hmm. That was there. Everyone had like a show they watched with their family for my brother, my father and I, it was star Trek, the next generation. 10 years ago, this April, I lost my little brother, Steven. Mm -hmm. And when that first episode came out, I came into my studio and I watched it by myself. And I was just bawling. (laughs) I was just bawling because you remember that feeling.
1: Yeah. And I think that that, that's the key thing. It's like, you remember that, feeling and i think there's a certain nuance that terry and the writers hit that because there's a lot you know the the, the term the member berries and yes. that it's, and it's like but it's literally it's a brush that you have you're like okay i can paint with member berries but what are you doing with it and what are you saying with it and it's like it's not just here's some nostalgia and it, it's here's moments in time that gave us a feeling and i'm going to you pull those moments and give them to you so you remember that feeling and that was what it was it was it was 10 episodes of remembering the feeling of what it was like to to enjoy star trek and to watch these characters again And, and it was like it was like going and visiting friends again yes and that was and it was the thing of going i think that people said with picard this like season one, they were like, that didn't feel like Picard. It felt like, you know, something different. And I'm like, I get it. And that was, and that was an exploration of here's this, this guy Picard and he is not the starship captain. He's not this, what would his life be like? And that was a version of that exploration. It yeah. wasn't what everyone expected because they're like, no, 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 we want him on the ship and doing the thing that we expect. And they're like, no, he's changed. And in a lot of ways, that that was a really that was an important story to tell because we've all gone off and done our own things. And but and it's that thing of going that tied us back into what's happened, which is like, yeah, Picard has changed and he's done all these things, which is what allowed him to have that season three Fit because he's not the same captain he's not he's he is more vulnerable he, he doesn't have the, all the right answers anymore uh he you know it's like and there are you know it's, that thing and, we, and everyone's a little bit more vulnerable because he saw uh Riker and and like he's like I got a family and I've got a wife and I'm having struggles and and now I have to deal with this crisis and am I up to the crisis and can I am I going to make the right decision and or are we going to screw it up all after all these you know we finally screw, you know we thought we were cool, and we're not. We're going to die. And, well, um,
0: a lot of people, and maybe it's, it is something that does come with age, this kind of knowledge. But back when TNG was on the air, they didn't really have families. They were each other's family. Now they each individually have something of their own to lose. And some have already suffered extreme loss, like mm-hmm. Riker and Troy. They lost dad. They lost their son. And mm-hmm. that changes you on a molecular level and it just you guys had the perfect perfect blend of fan service and new adventure it it was just absolutely you guys did almost too good of a job because it showed us and the other franchises, like yes it can be done it can yeah. be done
1: it well you know, i think that you know, there's a lot of the shows on all the different networks and, and things. There's a lot of them that are, everyone's struggling to try and do the thing, which is I want to do something new, different, but not too different because again, it's like, I want to do something new and something completely different because fans are like, Oh, don't do the same old thing. It's like, I want to do something new and different Then your discovery. And they're like, Whoa, 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 whoa not that different. You yeah, know, this, too different. yeah, too good. different. Yeah. It's like, well, we want the same, but not the same. And it's like, so it's really finding that balance of what it is that that folks want, and and again, I think that you know shows like you know for me uh, a good example of a show that really nails it uh, is The Mandalorian, as far as the design standpoint, because I, I watch The Mandalorian and it looks exactly like Star Wars in 1977. Yeah. So it doesn't. There's no technological differences. They said here's how you did it here's what we did and that's that's as far as technology goes and um, and which I just think is, is so well they, they could have completely done something different they're like nope this is this is the, the lane and we stay in the lane and I think that that was a, kind of what I did with season three it's like no here's our lane we don't need to but you run into a lot Star Star Trek has something that Star Wars doesn't which is we age and we've, we've traveled through time Um Whereas, you know, Mandalorian is nineteen seventy-seven. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the the the, the, the there's no technology difference and you no know, whatever people are like, okay, that's the tech. But now with us, we're like, well, we can't have a pad because we know that what you know, we now have iPads that are the same yeah. thing, but in next generation that you know, that was like, oh my God. And it's like the whole idea, it's like well, a, <laughs> a, Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's a cell phone. It's like well, that's, you know, that's like a tricorder and, you know, this and does it. But how do you have a tricorder be cooler than an iPhone when an iPhone would do everything that a tricorder does? And, right. You know, so you just run into that whole thing where um, it becomes, and, you know, Star Wars was is less of a gadgety thing. They just have a, a clunky piece of metal thing and you look at it and it does a, a whatever, but Star Trek that's is cool. more. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we ran into that uh, somewhat in, you know, in season two, there was a scene where we uh, we had a, a young Picard and it was supposed to be young Picard and he was in his room working on something. we're like, okay, uh, if he's in his room, his room would have a computer. But what computer would it be? Would it be the square boxy thing that Kirk had on his desk? Because in our time frame of Star Trek, that would actually make the most sense. Right. But it makes absolutely no sense for reality because that's not in we're not imagining it in 300 years that that's what they would have for computers they'd have like some queer cool um, you know technological you know glass screen craziness but that's not what they had it in the in the 60s so that this is what has been established so it's a uh, you run into that a lot with with all the technology and how to you know how do we update it? How do we change it? How do we do it and, and have stuff look still cool?
0: And I I enjoyed season two and I'll tell you why. <laughs> one one letter, Q
1: yeah,
0: I was so stoked that Q came back and that he was brought back again at the very end of season three. Just my brain exploded. Oh yeah. Um, but we had mentioned the carpet the carpet <clears throat> earlier. And I wanted to ask you, when you guys, when the season was airing, and you would see comments about why isn't there carpet on the Titan? Why isn't there carpet on the on the starships? Were you guys mm-hmm. kind of giggling a little bit
1: that-, that 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 line was in the script? Oh yeah, but yeah, you I mean, said that's, that's the thing. That, that I think I tweeted about it. I'm like that. That's like the longest joke ever in history because. <laughs> That was in. I mean, we finished shooting almost a year and a half ago. So we've, and, and then season two hadn't aired. So then everyone watches the season two, complains about the carpets, and I'm like, okay, you're gonna, it. and it's like it's in there. The joke is there's a payoff to the joke, and it's like, and I think that that's one of the reasons why Terry wrote it. It's like, you know, because we all miss that certain design aesthetic, and it's like, and uh, yeah, so it was it was such a a, a fun little th- nod to it, but. Yeah. So
0: design wise, like when you were building, you know, the actual transporter room and the, the corridors and everything, you know, in, in Star Wars, because we were talking about that a moment ago, they'll need like a communicator, you know, and they'll see something like a like a lipstick or whatever, like what well, kind of looks like mm-hmm. it, just slap some paint on it, use that. I know for the stuff I do for this channel. I repurpose a lot. Did you guys? Did you repurpose things you saw often, or here and there, or did was it mostly like buy the materials, we'll build it, we'll make it ourselves?
1: It's uh, it was it was a, a mixture because I I think that part of the evolution in the last say you know five to ten years in in, in our world is that you know you have things like three D printers and. Yeah. Uh, you know all that custom, and you're like oh well custom make it cut so you know you get a set design. and people are like well what what's the gack on either side of the of the turbo lift door i'm like i don't know it's a bunch of go to home depot buy a bunch of stuff glue it together and whatever and people are like well but or you'll get it they're like well i need a concept guide to, to do do me a drawing and they do a drawing and they're like okay well that doesn't look like anything that i know what i'm like well but just go to the place that has the old aircraft parts and Find something that looks kind of like it, glue it on, and, and whatever. So there's a little bit of that. We, you know, uh, we we see a little bit of that in the uh, a lot of it because a uh, kit came on, and Kit did a lot of that on uh, in the Borg set. Um, if you you know, here's here's one to make people's heads explode because the old uh, um, if you like the old things that sit above the Borg's head, the alcove, the yeah, yeah those like round thing, yeah. So that was a beehive hair. Uh, hair dryer, Something I'm quite familiar with. I'm a hairstylist. <laughs> so, yeah, there was, if you look at it, the, the old ones were the old beehive hair hairstylist thing that they took and then they made a mold of it. And it was like, and then you look at it, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. And we actually, we went and looked for that model of the thing. And they were like, we couldn't find the one that we wanted. And then Kate came up with this and he shows me this thing and he had it painted black. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. What is that? And he goes, it's a Christmas tree stand. So if you look at it, if you go and look at the board thing, all they're all just inverted Christmas tree stands. It's like, That's yeah, it's like, you know, I love you,
0: stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So so there was a, a fair amount of that, and then uh, you know, but uh, again, if you look at the um, if if you look at the sets, they're a little bit more newer, glossier. There wasn't a lot of you know, we didn't get into um, you know the dark and dingy type of. Uh, Other worlds, but I'd say like the District Six stuff had a lot of that, where uh, like Sneed's Layer, there was like these arch columns that had these cool lights in them, and the uh, the lights were just uh, planters from uh, Home Depot that you that you put on your on your lawn, and it was used to to break up the grass or something like that. It was just like okay, find me a shape that will look cool that we can put some light in, and so uh, you know we played around with it and, and and had a lot of fun with it.
0: What was the inspiration for district 6, six the aesthetic?
1: Um there was a, a clip that we had seen of uh it was a presentation piece that they did for uh Blade Runner the new the new Blade Runner. Uh, oh yeah. And uh there was Dave Bautista walking through these uh alleyway and again we had done something similar in season 2 where uh we meet Elnor and he's in like a he's supposed to be in Okinawa in the alternate universe and he wakes up there and it's all kind of very and they love that sets them up there they're like well let's just do that but in a much far, you know larger scale uh and then we you know we wanted each alien race to have their own little quadrant so we had a Ferengi area here and we had Orion's over here and we you know but that you know it it, it seems simple but you're designing all these spaces and we're like, okay, you know, and you let everyone know. It's like, okay, we have the Orions over here. We have the Tellarites over here. We have the this. And then you get there and you're like, okay, where are the Orions? And they're like, oh, I'm like, you don't have an Orion shopkeeper. And they're like, no, we have Orion dancing girls. So I go, right, but who's manning We have this whole shop that's Orion yeah. writing. Who's things. this place? <laughs> yeah. Who's running this place? Uh, and they're like, yeah, no one's going to notice that. And I'm like. Oh, and and there was there was a lot of that because it was what was interesting is that there was such a difference in uh in season one mm-hmm. uh, because of the the storytelling in there and the, the adventure they went on there wasn't a ton of um things to tie back you look lost arena it didn't it wasn't really a federation ship so it didn't need to look like a federation ship they didn't go to certain places So they didn't need to look like anything. So a lot of people were like, ah, that won't, people won't notice it's not that big of a deal. It's like, and, you know, they did some fan service. So they're like, here, here's your fan service. And here's this this idea. And again, I think that uh, season one is really brilliant. And I think it has a lot of interesting things, but it was just, it, it was a different version of Star Trek. So for season three, we're like, here we go, here's your exact Star Trek. And it does need to match. And it's just getting people on the board with, you know, registration number, I like, it, it becomes like a, a thing. Because now you see it, it's like, oh, each little blip on the screen has a registration number and it's in a name. And a, I'm like, all that matters to people. And there's entire books and websites, donate. and people, like, when we're shooting the show, you're like, why are you so concerned about the numbers? I go, because fans are going to look at those numbers, they're going to have it all figured out, what this, what the, and each one has to match to this. These registration numbers go to these class of ships and uh, and it all has to be figured out. And people like, no one's going to notice that stuff. I'm like, Do
0: they oh. not watch YouTube? There are whole channels. People who get paid to, oh, yeah. to find that stuff and show it to other people. This is well, what yeah. we we're known for. Yep.
1: Well, and again, there, a lot of it, it's like the Easter eggs and stuff. That you, It's the thing. It's like, here's Easter eggs. But then I go, yeah. But then there's the next la- layer of mm-hmm. stuff that, you know, you, you need to know. It's like, we, you know, we a lot of times the director would say to me, uh, what's the thing I'm supposed to put in front of the ca- camera? So, like an Easter one thing. Or I'd walk out of the room and they put something in front of the camera that I'm like, oh, no, that's supposed to be like a background. You don't know, yeah. really look cool. Because we had that happen with the Bajoran tablet and they did the 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 teaser trailer for season t- two. And they did the shot like panning right across it and this. And the pandemonium mm-hmm. blew up there. Oh, my God, they're going to bring back Cisco. And, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't I didn't plan that. So
0: So speaking of, of the Easter eggs and stuff, this was actually the very next question I was gonna ask you. Like, how did you decide which ones to put in and where? And like was there a a specific like why, like, okay, I want this to be right here and this is my reason for it?
1: Absolutely not. And it was More the thing of going, and I uh, we started kind of with Picard's chateau. In season one, he had his like archives where he had all of his stuff, and I thought, well, why would why would Picard do that? Like he has a big mansion, why wouldn't he just have his stuff at his house? It seems like it would seem weird. So I said, what if we bring all that stuff back and we kind of put it in his library? Mm -hmm. And we treat we don't treat these things like Easter eggs. They're just his life. Mm-hmm. And it's and you, and you go, we all have items in our past that, you know, the things that, you know, the Iron Man helmet behind you and they 2 I go, these are things that you've kept throughout, you know, your your life and you hold on to it. And the fact that, I you know, I may have gone to your house 10 years ago and seen the R2-D2 and oh, it's still there. And it's like, here are these things that these are part of his life and then part of his house. So we went through. You know, the episodes in in Next Generation were like, okay, well, these items were seen in Picard's uh, family house before. Put those back in because we want to tie the idea that he has some attachments to things of the past because he does. Uh, He has the photo album and this is who he is. So once you do that, then you start creating it and then you realize there's 80 things behind me that were in episodes of Star Trek because those are the things that he saved and those were part of his past. So then, you know, as you go on, the, the camera ends up seeing things and you go, oh, that's the thing from this and that's, you know, and then you just put it in there. And the same thing with any set that you would go into. It's like, okay, well, what, you know, what would Sneed have in his back and in, in, in the uh, on his shelves? And he's like, well, he collects old things and says, well, let's have, you know, in the, the original Star Trek series, they had these white tube things and uh, that it was all it was in sick bay and all these things. And you're like. What the hell is that? And it's like, it's actually a mute for a trumpet. And you're like, but they just use it as like funky decor. And we're like, yeah, get some of those, get and put some of these so that all these things, it feels like he's collecting old thing relics from Star Trek, but they're really what would be an old relic in his world. So, and then we just kind of layer all that stuff in and then let the camera find it when it finds it. And sometimes it's, you know, right on it. And sometimes it's something that you have to see in the background. Or sometimes you don't see it at all, and you're like, "Oh, that was a great thing." Like we had a uh, Jordy Jordy's desk uh, when we first see him uh, on the view screen, and it was all, and it was like the desk was just filled with stuff, and behind him had tons of stuff. And then you see the shot on the view screen, and it's like this, and you couldn't see anything. And they're like, "Oh, well, the, we had a cool lot of cool stuff." But then they had the the ready room episode where. Uh, where Jordy calls me to actually uh LeVar called me to set. He's like, oh my god, I can't believe you put this thing and did this, and uh, which was was really nice. But yeah. so sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't, but you know, you put it in there because he is a you know, Jordy's a historian, he has a museum, so he would be surrounded by museum artifacts. So that only makes it, sense. It you know. does.
0: It it sounds so common sense, it's brilliant. <laughs> you know, it's it it, uh, it feels like in a, a time we live in where common sense is kind of a commodity. <laughs> yeah. That is just absolute brilliance. I mean, the Zephram Cochran statue yep. on his desk. Of course he would have that. He yeah. met Zephram Cochran and told him about that because it was at his high school. Hmm.
1: Uh, and then someone he, was like, well, why, why would he have a, a copy? Why would he have Kirk's copy of uh, A Tale of Two Cities? Yeah. And I said, yeah, that's an easy one. And they mm-hmm. said, "Well, okay." I go, "Well, that's so I can have a screen-used copy of uh, *Tales of City City sitting on my bookshelf." <laughs> <laughs> like, like that was that was an easy one. I'm like, "There's only two. I have one now." So, um, um, the the my favorite part for the the nostalgia,
0: the Easter eggs, was when they were inside the uh,
1: daystrom.
0: The when they yeah. were inside daystrom. Kirk's body is there. It is. Do we know why?
1: Yep. Uh, I think. Well, I, the question is: Did you see the the new Roddenberry Ochoi Archives piece that was released last week?
0: No, I did not.
1: Okay, so you so you and your viewers will have to go watch it. So the Roddenberry. Uh, uh- oh yes,
0: yes, I did see that yes yeah.
1: again with spock and with Pop, yeah And so the the whole question is with that one is from the actor himself to the fans to the thing we didn't get the closure we all wanted and i right. think that as a as a cultural experience that is something that we all feel we don't feel that we got the closure and i think uh William Shatner, because we did this great piece and we rebuilt his captain's chair and everything. But he said, he's like, Yeah, I wanted it to come off like what it it was a good ride and it was thing. And he didn't even feel that he landed his death scene. And, and like, we're all like going, Is
0: that really how
1: Kirk died? Is
0: yeah, that- it, it was kind of like, I'm, I'm just going to say, it felt kind of weak for how. Yeah.
1: So I think that a lot of fans of this and then to the extent that William Shatner himself wrote a book where someone goes and resurrects his body and he has a whole thing off it. So that's a whole book that he wrote. So it's not like – so people are like, oh, my God, you're shitting on Shatner. Did this. I'm like, the dude wrote a book where pretty much that whole kind of idea happens. Oh. It was the idea that it was just for fans to sit there and go – Maybe it didn't. Maybe that's not the end of the story. Will there ever be a continuation? Who knows? But it was like for us going, you know, in Star Trek, you're never really dead. You know, no. you know, and that's the thing going, all you do is you put that in there and you go, yeah, they did bring Picard back, and they did bring mm-hmm. Spock back, and the thing, you are know, like...
0: And, and the they, Genesis device is in the Daystrom. Yeah. So, it says,
1: huh, and that was what it was intended to do. It just said, there we go, guys. There's always possibilities, and we and it was almost like a note to saying to friends, going, we're all on the same page. Can we can, can we all agree that shouldn't have been the end? And we're just gonna put a to be continued. Figure it out later. Maybe so you know in another ten years when they can digitally make another Captain Kirk and whatever. But again, the Roddenberry people just showed that they can do Spock again. So, again, I think it's all tied into that whole idea that, you know, the the story may continue.
0: I, of course, I'm... My my favorite episode of Star Trek ever is Trials and Tribulations on Mm -hmm. Deep Space Nine. And when they're walking through there and Worf sees the attack triple and it scares the shit out of him. That Mm -hmm. was one of my hands-down... Favorite bits of the whole show because I just keep thinking back to him talking about you know the great Tribble Wars and it just that was hilarious. Yeah.
1: And again, I think that, that that was another thing that that Terry brought back to the show was the humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it was yeah. a lot more humor and it, and it not like jokey jokey humor um, because I thought I thought that in season two uh, us going into the past there there could have been more of it. Uh, and because I, I think that that was one why the voyage home was so successful. It was I like, was seeing, yeah. Yeah. It was like seeing our friends have fun. And it was like, yeah. it was serious, but not so serious yeah. because, you know, Kirk's son just died and Spock died and this. And all of a sudden we, you know, we we got Spock back and we're thinking. And, and I think, you know, it was Shatner who said, you know, or Nimoy, because he directed, he's like, yeah, we want to do a caper. And it's like, you know, let's have fun with it. And let's yeah. just, and, and I think that that was, but season two was was that idea but very serious so there wasn't a lot of uh, that you know I said I and I'm like I, I'm just standing there I go okay I'm giving it to you just just hit the hit hit the softball pitch they're at the party and someone says the Cardassians are here and they all freak out they're like the Cardassians are here and it's like no card they're 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 horrible. Oh. they're in a totally different way um and I'm like and I'm like Kardashian, Kardashian, yeah, it's like it, it, it it's. Hit uh, <coughs> guys, just hit it, hit it. Now trust you and they never did it. And it's like, well, there's
0: been this meme, ever since memes were pretty much invented, that said, in a world full of Kardashians, be a kardassian Yeah, and I always thought that was so funny. It was I, when when you walk through Daystrom and you see all these things. You know Kirk's body the genesis device the device the borg device from nemesis um data's body you know with actual prop bodies from the nemesis movie it it was almost heartwarming i mean it's sci-fi but at the same time you're like oh there's that and i remember that that's just so great but when the enterprise comes out Oh, yeah. They get on the bridge. I mean, everyone I know just cried. And we <clears throat> we did a show where we talked about, a live show where we talked about, you know, how Picard saved Trek. And we all agreed that the reason why we felt so emotional when we saw that come out, because it was like seeing this lifetime, this lifelong old friend you hadn't seen in years and they show back up and you remember why, why you were such good friends. And it just, just beautifully done. I mean, even the, the wood grain, the wood grain was just perfectly matched. I'd be mean, Bravo. Yeah. Oh
1: beautiful. yeah. And, and Liz who, she was the, uh, the spearhead of that project because we had so many things going on. And, like, I, I would just, be the main designer, and then I had people who would right, head right, up. Right. Yeah. So Liz was saying, yeah. and she was just like every nuanced screen capture from this episode. Oh, it looks like this does this, and uh, matching the paint colors, doing the things, and we and and just you know the, getting everyone ex- And that was the main thing: getting everyone excited about it. Because you can sit there and build something, or you could get excited about it. And the more excited, and and we had this giant mood board that showed all the different details. and it got the People were building it, you know, and painting and everything to get excited because they're creating a museum quality piece. And the, you know they saw how much passion we were putting into doing it. They're like, oh, I have to get it exactly right. We're like, yes, you do. It has to be right. And they're like, no, 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 no. We're, and then it became like a challenge for everyone. It's like, oh, we're not just building it. We're building exactly right. And, and you know, let's do the, the thing. And then when, you know, watching the cast come. And I think that they're saving it. For the DVD to get people with the Blu ray to get people to buy it. But, you know, we obviously, everyone in there, you know, had their cameras rolling uh, when the cast walked onto the bridge the first time. And it was just, you guys, it really,
0: it, it really came through the screen the excitement, the passion, the love you have for the property. You can really feel that it, we feel it, especially with how interactive you and Terry and am I, is it George? Am I pronouncing that correctly? The researcher? George, Yeah. George, um, Your interaction with the fans on Twitter, on social media, it, Connected the fan base with the actual crews in ways I've never seen before. It made us feel a part of it. And I mean, this season has been a nerdy experience that I really have nothing else to compare to. You guys made it feel like we made this with you. It was made with us, for us and for you guys. It, It was just
1: phenomenal and well, in reality it was it was it was a bunch of it was it was more old school a bunch of getting a bunch of friends together who love something who have a passion for something and and doing it and and let's let's do something fun fun and cool and and then let's get all of our friends back together how and it's like if you were to sit there and go well let's do this and how how cool would it be if we could do this well let's do it well how cool would it be if we brought back the enterprise okay but like no, like the whole thing, would rebuild it all, and we put Picard on it and Riker on it, and do it on the thing, and then we go and fight the board. Yeah, that that sounds like fun. Let's do that. And you're like, okay, let's get Paramount to give us some money, and we we'll go and do it, and 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 then we did, and and you know it's just and just and to have that happen, and it's like I think you know as a filmmaker, you your goal, your dream is to sit there and do to do something that connects with the fans and that people love and that they. That you connect with him emotionally and, and for me as a lifetime star trek fan to have that project that that like the the pinnacle of my career happen to be a star trek thing and happen to nail it you know when given the with the thing and it's like here you go you got one shot do star trek but don't fuck it up And it's like <laughs> yeah and you're like okay well we technically had two chances but uh you know but it was actually you know from the from our standpoint it was kind of hard because we did do season two and season three back to back and season three and season two didn't get the reception of season three, but it was hard for us when we're doing it because we're like, oh, well we thought it was really good. Uh, and we know that season three is really good, but maybe it's not, maybe it sucks. And the whole time of season two is going on, we're like, did we screw up? Did we really drop the ball? And then season two, three, you know, becomes this gigantic thing. We're like, so I think, for me a lot of people like well season two sucked and i go for a lot of us it was it was really one big thing Mm -hmm. there had a bunch of story arcs and 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 things so but you know that's why i give you know terry all the the credit for writing season three and doing whatever it's like you know we're just the vessel for his greatness and you know you tell us what to build, we will build cool things i think we did fun stuff in season two but it was not spaceshipy fun adventure stuff it was you know
0: I really hope he gets to hear you say that you're just a vessel for his
1: greatness.
0: (laughs) He'll pay me five
1: bucks if I say that. Yeah. So, um, uh.
0: well, this, this, I mean, just this whole season, I, I really enjoyed season two. It was wonderful seeing John Delancey back. He was one of my hands down favorite aspects of the next generation, him and Worf. Oh, um, and seeing him back, and then going into season three and getting the entire crew back, and then him coming back to start harassing Picard's son yeah. for probably his entire lifetime. He's like, "Wait, I thought you were dead." He's like, "Oh, you're so linear." Like,
1: that's yeah, and, so and cool. it, see, that and again, that line mm-hmm. is the brilliance, and I I liken that line of of Q to Worf's line in Trial and Tribulations. Where it's like when he sees the, the, when they see the old Klingons, we, that do, have not no right. we, do, we do not speak. Right. It's like, boom, throw the line away and, and then walk it. I don't, we're not going to explain it. You're not going to think. It's just, oh, you're, you humans speak so, think so linearly. And then it's like, and we're moving on because we're just going to not talk about it. And, <laughs> and, and, and that's, and I just think that sometimes that's the best thing. It's like, you're like, you know, is Q really dead? Is anybody, you know, and that's, really what i think that there was a, little, a lot of that tone in you know and you know everyone's joking on about shaw and it's like is shaw dead it's like or not you know it's like uh but again i think if no one dies there's no stakes but also in, in the same thing it's you know it's the idea of like okay well q's back and but if you look at it across the board i would say that 99 of the people when they saw q back they're like yes No one went. Oh my God, that doesn't align with it. It's like no, it's not canon. Yeah, then it's like, wait, he died. It's like, yeah, and so does Spock. Um, But again, it's watched
0: any like sci-fi or supernatural shows? Look at you die. Just means you get more work.
1: (laughs) Denise Crosby died, and then she kept kept on coming back and everything. we, We so and you know we were gifted to have her. So. Um, I was, uh, really one of my uh,
0: speculations was that Cela was involved, Tasha right. Yar's half Romulan daughter. I was I was really hoping to see that. I'm like, okay, well, maybe in Star Trek Legacy.
1: Yeah. Well, again, it opens the door. It's you know, unfortunately, it, it it's a unique thing because coming off of season two, where the the ratings weren't great. I don't think that maybe the network was. I don't think anyone expected Picard season three to explode as big as it did. It just it came out of nowhere and then it kept on going and going and going and going. And I think that uh, the ratings haven't. I think the last ratings that they had was season for like episode four. So we, we we haven't even gotten to the finale yet. Ratings right, yeah. take so long to. But I think people are going to see that. Wow, we actually did something really special. We did. And. Unfortunately, we just got slapped in the face with a writer strike, which means there aren't phone calls going to Terry to, hey, start writing a new thing, because, you know, obviously that's not a thing. So uh, it's going to put a, a, a damper on everything. But hopefully, uh, you know, it takes a while to, you know, even though fans want it, mm-hmm. Star Trek is set up on Paramount with, you know, they've got five shows at 10 hours a piece. So that's fifty uh fifty weeks of, of programming. Uh you know, so that's a year. So there's really no slot to drop in another show. But on this on the flip side, you look at all the Yellowstones and things going, well, there's more than one night a week and think If yeah. are doing it, you maybe maybe it's something worth looking at. I think that that's where the world is right I now. I
0: agree with you. Listen, Paramount Stop being cowards and just create an entire Star Trek network. I'm just saying yep. it, would, it would go, it would go over quite well yep. and you can start off with, you know, Star Trek
1: legacy. I think everyone would love to see that. So Oh,
0: absolutely. It, the way, uh, the way it, the finale went, it, it's just a perfect transition. It really yep. leaves it open. And I, have my fingers and wet toes I have crossed that not only does this rider strike come to a mutually beneficial resolution, but quickly, you guys can get to work. Yeah, Mule. Yep. Get to work on Star Trek Legacy already.
1: Well, we all hope it, And then we all, you know, it's also that thing of, uh, you know, Hollywood is, is it's it's a job. So it's like, it's that thing of going, you know because i know that terry had uh, he just did a pilot for uh, uh escape from witch mountain for uh, for disney uh and he did that uh, right before christmas uh, so what happens when disney calls and says oh we want that and he's like oh okay i want to do legacy but disney's opening their paychecks and and you know,
0: we all yeah. know when the mouse calls and, and you've signed something for them you better go yeah, so <laughs> no. But, you know,
1: it, it, like I said, it, you know, then and that becomes that, you know, especially after a writer's strike or an extended time off, mm-hmm. everyone's looking for their next thing. So uh, hopefully it'll, it'll all align and uh, we'll get the band back together again.
0: Well, I, I truly, truly hope so. And so do millions of people all over the world, because you guys have completely just revived, reinvigorated and respected one of the. Most beloved, beloved franchises in all of cinema history, and I, I salute you, sir. Thank well, you. Thank you. Much.
1: thank you so much, and thank you, thank you for having me on your show.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for putting up with me, and and thank you for joining me today. This has been an absolute treat for me. You've allowed me to nerd out on one of my favorite things ever, and uh, I I hope I see you around in the Twitterverse again soon, and we could chat more sometime.
1: That would be awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And, right, and uh, you hopefully so. your viewers can harass me online and ask me silly questions about registration and this class and that class. And I'll see if I can come up with a good answer.
0: I'll put his information down below for Twitter. So make sure you follow him. He always has some fantastic tidbits every day. He, he's posting something. And let me tell you something. I've, I've never seen anyone else in this industry, that is so approachable, and is so happy to talk with you about the things you love, as Dave, because he loves it too. So well, make sure you Oh no! Thank you, thank you, sir.
1: Hope to see you back for uh, Star Trek Legacy.
0: Hashtag Star Trek Le- Legacy, Alex. Let's make this happen. All right, All right guys. Have a great night. Live yeah. long and prosper.
1: Ah. <laughs> You <laughs> can do it left-handed.